welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I'd like to welcome my special guest, Beckett Warren. Beckett operates WeirdRealms.com and also does some work for Exalted Funeral. Beckett, how's that? It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, the thing with making, you know, the thing you love your job is jobs are terrible. So then you start to hate it. Yeah, I understand that. I've been there a few times. <laughs> it's not the, uh, it's happened. That's how I was. I was real. I drew comic books all growing up, read too many comics, always have my comic ideas. And then uh, by the time I started doing illustration, design and drawing for a living, it became, yeah, not my favorite thing to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, That happens. One thing you can do while you're drawing that you've kind of been involved with is is making the, is those fun zines and all those different games that come out that we get into. Yeah, we made one and now we're behind schedule on like the revised expanded super edition of <laughs> Halflings in the Hive, which uh, I don't it was supposed to be out in August. It's not out. <laughs> I'm, most of the writing like I'm responsible for the writing that's done. My collaborator Todd, uh, who's the artist, it's his final or it's his last year of college or his last semester. And uh, things are a little a little rough on the schedule right now. So, yeah. So he's he's kind of getting hit. And so I was I've got a one year old and a two and a half year old. Oh, that's young. <laughs> that was kind of that was my excuse for why I wasn't writing what I needed to write. So I've got to cut Todd some slack. Uh, he he actually donated a kidney too. He oh. donated a kidney to his friend in during all this April. During, oh wow, that's a lot. <laughs> He's a good dude. He gave he gave up a kidney to like <laughs> a friend. Yeah. So I I was you, you said your kids are, are one and two and mine are teenagers now. Uh, I've got a I've got a freshman and a junior and. My junior is running around with his girlfriend all over town now. They're very mobile and very teenagers. <laughs> and he had asked if he could bring his friend over the other day. And this is very off topic, but I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to go in here and take a nap. Y'all just take chill and stay chill and bring your friend over. And I'm laying there and I hear this, I hear this baby. <laughs> My eyes all, I'm like, what is going on? I, my kids are now like not baby age. I'm like, this is not a baby house. <laughs> we left that a long time ago. Um, and I, I heard it. And I'm like, am I, am, I, am I tripping? So I go knock on the kid's door and I go, hey, son, son, do you got a baby in there? And I hear this child's, this small child's voice go, no. I'm like, what? <laughs> not a baby. I'm like, what? The child's brought a baby into the house. It turned out the friend had to watch the the smaller sibling. He was trailing around town, and that tripped me out. That is a way off track from game, but that was my story for the day. <laughs> that 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 would throw me. <laughs> I was not expecting a small child. It small child ended up being in the house all day. It was we were very engaged with the child. We played games with the child. I have not just role playing games, but lots of board games, and I've always been into games, trying to find age-appropriate games for my kids when they were younger so we kind of broke out some of the old ones i used to play with them for the baby so actually so what are some good younger child board games hiss h-i-s-s-s -S -S, if it's still around 
We have another one down here called, oh, if I can see it, something like Monsters Under the Bed or something like that. I, I don't, the kids must have put it up, but it, where, you, where you have cards and you have to chase monsters away. It's kind of a memory game where you turn over the balls, or not the balls, the little toys. You have toy cards and you have monster cards that go around your little bed. And if your bed gets covered in monsters, you can't flip over the right toy. The toy will send the monster away. That's a good one they like. But Hiss, I think, is the best. It's literally just a matching game. You have little cards that are segments of a snake that change color. So you're trying to match the color and trying to find a head and tail for each snake. And if you get the head and tail, you get the cards. Whoever gets the most cards wins. It's pretty simple. And the kids get into it. Every, uh, that child last yesterday got into it. And uh, my daughter and my son really got into that Hiss one when they were younger. So simple and easy. They could play it without a whole lot of instruction cool yeah i ran a labyrinth rpg for my nieces about a month and a half ago that was actually really good have you have you heard anything about that no i haven't labyrinth like the movie with david bowie and and exactly uh, jennifer conley i liked jennifer conley a lot when i was growing up watching that movie so it's you know the uh youtube guy questing beast Yes. He wrote the adventure like scenario parts. He didn't write the mechanics to the game. It's a really simple like roll two six sider or maybe even only roll one six sider. I forget. But, you know, it's a really straightforward. Say what you're doing. Roll. See if it succeeds. It might be like roll one six sider and then advantage disadvantage type of thing. But it was it was actually really, you know, all my nieces had it never played uh, any role playing games before. It was a really good time. And I think it's like a good introductory role-playing game because it's not like you don't like my one niece was like, well, Hey, what, what can I do? I don't see much on my character sheet. I'm like, you can do anything. Just say what you want to do. So it, it, I think it's like a good intro to get you thinking you can do whatever. It doesn't have to be on your sheet. Whereas you have a bunch of stuff on your, and this isn't, you know, I'm not the person who thought of this. This is, you know, (laughs) like conventional wisdom or whatever, but it's totally true. And I think, introductory play experiences that push that rather than particularly now when people are used to video games where you have your list of abilities and you're limited by those yeah um having a game where it's like yeah just do whatever and they none of them had seen labyrinth so they didn't you know they had (laughs) no idea they were like notions of the movie and stuff and david but they probably have no idea who bowie was Maybe like, well, we played, um, so my, my two and a half year old is big into the magic dance. Oh, dance, magic dance. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Cause you know, my wife is a big labyrinth fan. And so she even played, she, right after we first met, we played role playing. Like she, she was a sport and came with me to a, a convention. And just like in the hotel room, we played this goofy little like ultra light role playing game which I think that was too free form and it was just terrifying. And she was like, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm on the spot. I don't like this. It's too much. But so she played the labyrinth game and, and she said like, I couldn't believe that I, I like that, you know? So I picked up this little book of one page role-playing games. I have yet to bust one out. They're all perforated. So you can yank them out of the book. Don't know if I'm going to do that yet or not. I might. <laughs> we'll see the, the the tension between collecting and playing right yeah yeah i think that's what's yeah. happening sometimes is i get these things i want to play them 
They look cool. I can't wait to run a game with them. I only have so many people who will play and so many time slots and so many availabilities to play them all. At a point, sometimes it just becomes, oh, shoot, I'm kind of a collector. <laughs> yeah. But I have said, I like growing up, I was a collector. I collected comics and, and toys and stuff. And when I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was hard up for cash. I sold all that stuff to find a place for my kids to live. <laughs> right. That was kind of important at the time. And uh, I got it. I mean, I had a really good comic collection. So I got enough for home, <laughs> at least for rent in the first month's, you know deposit yeah. so by the time i had sold those things that were my collector's items i had some role-playing books left in book books and at that point i was like my books i'm holding on to that's my collecting thing i can put my collecting effort into books and justify that a little more than a toy when i opened the store i sold a lot of my stuff just like everything and then the stuff that i didn't sell it's now just kind of mixed in you know i have yes. like such a tiny pile just because like uh like i'll talk to like some you know younger dude you know i'm in my 40s and so like younger guys who are like looking to open a store and especially if they're into like the card game stuff like Yu-Gi-Oh, mm -hmm. magic um they're like they want to have like they, they want to keep the good cards and i'm like dude <laughs> You got to get rid of those now you have to sell that, you know, keep, you know, once you've had your shop open for a few years, then you can, then you can start to collect again. Now, just, you need to sell everything or you won't have your place next year. And, uh, like it, it takes, uh, you know, it, it takes some convincing, but that's, that's my advice. If you want to, my, two parts of his advice. If you want to open a store, recognize that it will taint forever the thing you once loved purely. <laughs> <laughs> and if you still are willing to desecrate that which was sacred, <laughs> uh, then sell and don't think you can keep anything. You know, lose it all. Yeah. I, I don't want to part with my books. I've, I've often, there was, the, there's often been a discussion, my spouse and I, she's always wanted to have a little used bookstore and I'm just like, that'd be awesome. I'm going to lose all my books. <laughs> <laughs> I got, got a lot of good books. And I, I'm a book fanatic, not just uh, role-playing books, but books in general. I'm, I'm a reader. Like I, I think we had talked before we came on here. I, growing up in Cleveland, I spent, most of my time at the library after school and on the weekends reading through every bizarre thing and that led me down many rabbit holes i do have certain i guess genres and sections of literature and books that i tend to gravitate towards the most and for about 20 years none of that was fiction <laughs> it was all non-fiction so i i do read i did about oh it's probably less than 20 years it was it was all nonfiction. i kind of went from a lot of the sci-fi and fantasy to like the beats and stuff like that more creative things and that led into just non-fiction reading lots of philosophy and history <laughs> that's where it was but then i made an intentional like try to go back into fiction and start enjoying fiction again and uh going back to classics and trying to discover new modern sci-fi and fantasy so i have been reading more of that lately and 
I've been picking up stuff from game books, like the recent book I started reading, I got from sort of the appendix in or whatever you want to call it of Coriolis. So I'm like, oh, this is a cool sci-fi book. Let's see what this is. I've never heard of this one. What What was the book? I can't remember the name of it. I've already, started, <laughs> I can tell you that they're, that I actually, I only started it tonight because it just came in the mail last night. <laughs> and they, uh, they are, oh, what is it called? I'm sure if I looked at my, at my uh, eBay, it would tell me because I bought it on eBay, but it was, uh, they, they're doing an archaeo. The guy who wrote it is a geologist. And so far it starts off, they're doing an archaeological dig on an alien planet. So there's all these, uh, dead alien remains and stuff. It's called revelation space by Alistair Reynolds. I had never heard of this. I think it came out around 2000 or something like that. So it's been out for about 20 years now, but it's been a neat little book. And it was suggested sort of as the appendix and to get to the flavor of Coriolis. I haven't been reading much science fiction lately. I've kind of gone back to like fantasy primarily for as far as the fiction that I like. But but actually I want to before I, I'm I'm kind of prone to talk tangentially and <laughs> I for, think that's like, come up with something <laughs> and then forget. And then like five minutes later, be like, oh, wait remember but so without doing that have you ever used any of like the nonfiction, like particularly like philosophy not so much history because that has a much more direct correlation to gaming have you ever tried using a philosophical work for a game nugget oh i definitely have a lot over the years definitely less lately but I can name a few campaigns that were that were very much inspired from the philosophy that I was reading at the time and kind of the the existential crises that I was going through while reading said philosophy, because that has happened a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I've definitely done that. I, I mean, in order to even get into where that led and what those campaigns look like, I think we need some time. <laughs> yeah, We're about out of time. Oh, all right. Well, thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on. If you've enjoyed this, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our URL. Becky, can you tell them where to find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at weirdrealms.com. And that will take you to, I think it, it should take you to social media. But if you just like search Weird Realms on your social media be it Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm on I'm on those as talking in the fun Facebook groups and such. <laughs> uh, look up Weird Realms and you can track me down. And keep those dice rolling.